Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. So we did just inform you guys about the 2023 season ticket pricing notes. Um, there's, I'm sure, more to, more reaction on that one. But uh, kind of a, it's kind of the start of the offseason. Actually, in fairness. The Senior Bowl is the start of the offseason, but the two biggest weeks in the NFL offseason that people maybe don't think about are Senior Bowl, where everybody gets together and they start talking, and there's, you know, it's where agents start to kind of set the market for their players. It's where teams start to kind of see what value players they have and where all of a sudden contract negotiations on a bunch of different levels start to happen. Well, this week, if that's like the, um, if that's like the, uh, the 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 salad that comes out first, then this is the main entree, and so it's going to be. I don't know that anything's going to come out worthwhile from the or from the Browns this weekend, but I do think like this is kind of one of the more important weeks in recent history for the Browns because I I don't know what to expect from this offseason, even though I'm reasonably intrigued by what they might be able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. What are you when we hear from Kevin Stefanski and uh, Andrew Barry this week? Is there anything specifically you want to hear? No, Andrew Barry. Yes, Kevin Stefanski's going to say deadly. No, he's going to say nothing. Andrew Barry might give us a little something into what they're trying to do, but even at that point, it's probably going to be nothing. I'd love to hear him tell tell us like, hey, um, last year was extremely disappointing. We didn't, you know, get the amount of wins we wanted. It was it was a, a tough year with Deshaun Watson not playing the whole season. It was tough on Kevin trying to figure out what was going on with the offense. And now we feel like going into this season, we're going to fix the, the areas we had of weakness last year. And we think Deshaun's going to have a really big year. So while we wait to hear from Stefanski and Perry this week, we have already heard from Deshaun Watson. He was on Quincy Avery's podcast, his personal quarterback coach, and there was a lot that we can react to on this, um, but it was interesting to hear his breakdown of the responsibilities that he has in Kevin Stefanski's offense and how maybe it's different from Houston. I think the biggest difference is, I think in this offense, like the quarterback takes control of it, but coaches have a lot of responsibility on it too. So, uh, you know, in the previous offenses, the quarterback did everything. I called the mic points, I called the run points, I called the protections. I'm calling, flipping the protection, sliding here, calling out hots, everything. And this system is basically built in. So you, when you come up to the line of scrimmage, you're not really doing that. You can see it, you can override the center, but pretty much the center is directing everything. You just got to make sure you do see the right coverage. And it's kind of more simple in a sense. 
but simple is not always the best way to go sometimes, you know, because you might get sidetracked on whatever you were supposed to be looking at in that certain place. So I got to be honest with you. I thought this was probably the most we've learned about how Kevin Stefanski calls an offense. And the first thing I thought during just listening to this clip, and I, I think I heard it in the morning show, and uh, I've, I've heard it a few different times. The first thing I thought was, I totally understand if you're running an offense with Jacoby Brissett or with Baker Mayfield, guys who are flawed in one way or another, guys who, who need to stick to a script to be uh, the best versions of themselves. I totally understand saying I'm going to control every little thing, including the communication up to the moment that the headset cuts off. I don't understand it with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has a reputation as an incredible improviser on the football field, as somebody who he himself is a really bright quarterback that is is thought to be one of the best processing, one of the smartest quarterbacks of the NFL. And it just, you don't take Robin Williams and make him read iambic pentameter. You don't take somebody who is a natural, you don't take a jazz musician and say, now just play these three chords. And it, when I heard that, I don't know that's what Deshaun is saying, but it sure just felt like, Maybe Kevin Stefanski needs to stop being so damn anal retentive and let the great quarterback cook. How does he do that? Uh, by giving Deshaun more freedom and by not overcoaching him. Like, you know this from just playing. There are players that need to be told literally everything. This is your pursuit angle. Mm -hmm. This is the call. If this happens, X, Y, and Z. There are, there are guys that need that level of coaching and then there are guys that, you know, like I, when I was thinking about thinking back to Deshaun Watson, and I don't want to turn this into just bleep on Kevin Stefanski, but I think it's an interesting picture or an interesting window into how he runs things and how, you know, you need to really be, you have to have a different plan for everybody. But like Deshaun Watson looked like he was overthinking things and he looked like his processing was way, way, way slowed down. And we all assumed that that processing was slowed because he hadn't played football in 700 days. Well, if you haven't played football for 700 days and then you've got somebody, oh, well, hey, if this happens, this do this. If, the, if you've got somebody in your ear, when you're just trying to get the play call out and see what you see, it almost feels like overcoaching Deshaun Watson, which might have, which I think probably contributed to kind of diminishing or numbing some of the things that make him great. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I I, I would say this. You know, Stefanski's never coached a player like Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. You know, the quarterbacks that he's been around have all kind of been system quarterbacks, not players that have the ability that Deshaun Watson has. And I think if you're coaching a player with this sort of um, amazing improvisational ability, I think you kind of have to kind of put it on them a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's not it's not just like I think Tom Brady is a good example too. And Tom doesn't have the athletic ability of Deshaun Watson, but Tom has the ability to just he's so smart. And Deshaun is really smart too. Take nothing away from Deshaun. I think people don't give him enough credit for how much he knows the game and how he's able to diagnose, dissect, do all the things you have to do to a defense pre-snap, and then make plays. 
like I just really feel like there needs to be more on Deshaun's plate as opposed to Kevin Stefanski trying to manipulate and, you know, put him in position to have success where I think if you just kind of give him, I don't want to say a blank canvas, but like give him, give him some parameters, Mm -hmm. but then say, okay, you've got some flexibility here. It feels like the Browns and just in hearing Deshaun talk and then thinking back to what we saw, it feels like the Browns just tried to plug Deshaun Watson into a Jacoby Brissett type hole. And that is just mystifying to me. The idea that you would say, and, and I understand, like, on, I'm not saying this is easy, so I don't want to make it seem like, ah, Stefanski's an idiot and he doesn't know how to coach. But, like, if if you just took the offense you would run with Jacoby and just straight up said, all right, week one against Houston, we're going to put you in this offense and we're going to handle everything the exact same way, then you failed. And, like, I just – I can't believe – I it's I'm struggling to believe that a team that is filled with this many smart people that has Ivy Leaguers across the board, that have people that when they say things, like when, when Andrew Barry actually, like, lays out his plan, it's like, oh, this sounds like common sense. When Kevin Stefanski actually does say anything of merit – there's a there, – and when he's not just trying to, to, you know, speak in code language or, you know – uh, basically conflate things and confuse things so much that we don't know what the hell he's talking about. When Kevin's actually just laid it out bare, oh, logic. This mm-hmm. makes sense. But the idea that you would say, well, we've been running this offense with Jacoby, and we're going to slowly transition, starting in week, starting the second Deshaun gets back, instead of starting to put things into the playbook so that maybe you'd have a couple things that are more Deshaun-specific, um, by the time he's back, that players know how to do that. It sure feels like the Browns, intentionally or otherwise, screwed up. And and Kevin Stefanski screwed up Deshaun Watson's six-game comeback. And I, I can't figure out how when you had a full offseason to realize, to, to come up with a plan to make it successful or as successful I, I can't figure out why a team didn't just try and put the guy in the best position to succeed. Because thinking back and, and hearing what Deshaun talked about, it that's not what happened. Deshaun was plugged into something and coached as if he were another player. Mm-hmm. And Kevin's supposed to be the guy who, if you can get the best out of Deshaun, or if you can get the best out of Baker and you can get the best out of Jacoby, why the hell are we talking and building around those guys? Why was it such a hard thing to then pivot when you had all this time to plan, when you had all this time to get your ducks in a row, why was it so hard to pivot to the more talented, maybe better, more intelligent football IQ, whatever, however like we want to draw it up, how was it tougher to coach around Deshaun Watson? I, I just, I, I find it befuddling. And I, you know what? I'll say the word that I really mean. I find it infuriating. You're too smart to not do a better job at that if you're trying to coach him like you coach Jacoby or trying to fit him, and again, I'll say it again, into a Jacoby Brissett-sized hole. It's almost like, and I hate I always do this car comparison, but it's almost like Brissett was like driving a, um, 
you know, a Toyota Camry or whatever, an easy car to drive, right? Something simple. You get, get your point A, point B, you know how to do it. Then all of a sudden you get the big toy, right? You get the Lamborghini, you get the Ferrari, and you really don't know how to drive it. Mm-hmm. And you don't really take advantage of all the things this guy, this car can do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, I'm just kind of spinning my wheels here because it's like, what, what do we do with this guy? There's the guy has too much ability to be sitting there trying to plug him into an offense that you were just running with Jacoby Brissett. Two one six five seven eight double oh nine two. So we heard a little bit of Deshaun Watson uh, talking about the difference in how you know what he was responsible for in Houston and what he was responsible for the final six games of this year in Cleveland. I did a little bit of uh, a little research here, a little sleuth research, because the, when the Browns in their press conference. They just did what the increase was from last year, right? So we don't have year over year over year over year data. So I solicited, somebody brought this to me, um, that the same tickets in 2020 cost $65. Today they cost $100. Okay. So it went from 65 to 80 to 90 to $100. And by the way, the tickets are uh, the upper bowl tickets. That's that's not insignificant. Whether you like, I think we've gotten to a point where even your, even like maybe even middle class can afford maybe a game a year. And I'm not, and it's not just a Browns thing. It's not, but like the the price of attending sports events has just gone through the roof to the point where like casual fans can't really afford to go anymore. Or not casual fans, sorry. That's not the right way to put it. Uh, people who aren't Jeff Bezos can't really afford to go to these games. Well, it's better on TV anyway. All right, we had uh, Deshaun No Watson. response to that? Well, no, I just, it matters. It matters. People out there who can't afford to go to games anymore, who want to, it should matter. It really should. And but we just get to turn an eye because well it's capitalism or it's this or it's that or while well, they bought the team for a lot of money they're gonna get their money no screw that in 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 four years tickets have gone in upper bowl have gone from sixty five dollars to a hundred dollars that's a hu- and by the way that's per ticket obviously you couldn't pay me to sit in the upper bowl for a hundred dollars yeah. But you're not the person buying those tickets. You and I are Correct. spoiled. Because well, no, I'm not spoiled. I just d- would never pay to go to a football game. Okay. I don't like going to football games. Okay. But you can't then look past you're no, not I, liking to see. Th- that's I, I, I feel bad if somebody wants to go. So what if this go, was your Cavs tickets? Well, at, at some point they're going to price us out and we're not going to go anymore. And is that not a problem? No, it's great on TV. All right, 216-578-0092. How meaningless are price increases in uh, season tickets, whether you're a Browns fan, Cavs fans, or otherwise? We were just talking about uh, Deshaun Watson, though, and his comments on the the Quincy Avery podcast about the difference in responsibilities. We're going to play kind of a – it's a different clip, but it pretty much goes into the difference in responsibilities in, in Stefanski's in-game process. I want to play this for people who didn't hear the clip a couple minutes ago. 
So right when I pretty much the play is over, Kevin's already in the headset. He's talking, you know, maybe something previous before. He might be changing personnel grouping. But also he's giving me the play. And so I can kind of know who's coming in, what down the distance, what we're thinking about. Because we meet so much throughout the week. I kind of know what Kevin is thinking. And without us being able to, you know, going to that, that game and going to that huddle, once he called the first half of the play, I already know what he's thinking. So he's pretty much the last 10 seconds. He's giving me the opportunity. All right, this is the coverage. You might see this pressure. I like this. Hey, you can move this down. So whatever tips he can give me, he's definitely doing that. I think we might have substantial proof that Kevin Stefanski might need to chill the hell out. I know so much has been talked about with, uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski wants a, a, um, a defensive head coach so he can just be the offensive head coach. And meanwhile, Kevin Stefanski, who was on our morning show, was it a couple weeks back, and admitted he doesn't really like calling plays. When he has a trained staff of people that could take over the offensive play calling. Last year, maybe Kevin Stefanski seemed a little frustrated at having to be more involved in the defense. So it's weird that Kevin Stefanski says, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, or sorry, the reports are he wants a defensive uh, defensive first head coach. He wants a defensive head coach. And that if, and he said, you know what? If it was the right move for the team, I'd hand off play calling. He says those things, and then it sure seems like the guy is uh, is maybe a little too involved instead of just being the head coach. Is that fair? Like, when I hear that, I think of Sean McVay having to coach Jared Goff to the last possible second because he's Jared Goff and he's average as hell. So you think Stefanski's overstepping his bounds here, like trying to do too much? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, when I, I that's fair. When I hear every single thing that he's he's in or he's got his hands in, I don't ever hear oh he's just being a head coach. <laughs> and and I I don't think like when you look at the staff changes. I I heard the guys in the morning show and I think Lima, you know, trying to make the point that the kind of changes, it was it six coaches, seven coaches that left this off season, mm-hmm. that that's a concern. It tells, it tells Lima that they didn't have a very good coaching yeah, staff. I don't know about that. I mean, every team overturns their, their roster and their coaching staff every year. People are trying to get upgrades and go other places. Like it's not that uncommon. I would agree. Do you know, do you know what makes me concerned though? No, they didn't fire Joe Woods because they didn't feel like they had a defensive coordinator, an upgrade on the staff. And Kevin Stefanski won't handle handoff play calling because he because he doesn't trust anybody to do it as well as he did. So either the staff sucks or you're uh you, you are a controlling you need to chill out. Yeah, or somewhere in between. Two one six five seven eight double O nine two. Jim, welcome to the show. What you got for us? Hey, look, Nick, I, I gotta take I gotta take on version your your take that the average person can't go to games anymore. I don't know if you've ever, if you've been to a concert lately. I don't know if you've been to a sport. They all cost a lot of money. Taylor Swift practically bought the internet, and I guarantee it wasn't all soccer moms buying the tickets. Well, yeah, but real quick, Jim, and I'll give you a chance to answer, buddy. Um, We we don't track year over year Taylor Swift concerts. We do track, you know, local sports teams season tickets, and when they go from sixty five for the same seat goes from $65 per ticket to $100 in a four-year span, I think anybody can look at that and say that's a little bit excessive. 
They can, but you can look at concerts. Dustin, you go to a lot of concerts. I do. It's ridiculous. I hate it. How much have concerts gone up in price? You can't go to you you can't go to a concert for like less than three hundred bucks a ticket. It's ridiculous. And tell me this, Dustin. And you can agree or disagree with this. I see people from all economic backgrounds at all these events. So this idea that like the average person can't. I don't know, man. They're scraping the money together somehow because they're certainly at these events. How much do you make a year, Jim? (laughs) That's a little bit. How much do you make a year, Jim? Intrusive. Listen, I, yeah, that's a very uncomfortable conversation, Nick. I don't know that I feel comfortable telling you that. Yeah, We're not okay, there yet. Jim. Maybe do I have to whine and dime you first to get it out of you? And, and by and by the way, Nick, dude, if you wouldn't bury Dustin for a million bucks, then you're just lying. Of course, <laughs> who wouldn't bury me for a million bucks? <laughs> I mean, dude, it's a million dollars. I don't care about what kind of guilt can you have. I'd be pleased. I'd be guilty. Ta- for but about it's got to be tax free, though, right, Jim? Yes, you need the full million. Yeah, full million. All right, so what uh, if it was like two million? And thank you for the call. What if it was like two million dollars, but it was already run through the government? So it was like that'd be like a million two. So you got like one two, one three, and it's all it's all legit. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'd rather that way. Yeah. And but then they probably help you bury me. Ah, no, I'd have to be more. Although if we keep having the conversation about season tickets, maybe maybe I'll lower my price. Breaking 500, breaking 000. news. What's that? The Washington Commanders have just released Carson Wentz. Mm. One of the great eras in NFL history. Breaking news on 92.3 The Fan is presented by BetQL. Bet smarter by downloading the BetQL app and use Ohio 25 to get 25% off your first month. That was uh, trying to figure out what you were looking at there. Yeah, I was like, why is he showing me the Odyssey homepage? I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Carson Wentz, should he be Deshaun Watson's backup? 216 Look at this holiday schedule. <laughs> Ral, welcome to the show. We got off hey, President's hey, Day? How you guys doing today, man? What's up, Ral? I was very interested in the conversation you guys were having about the relationship about between coach and player when it comes to Deshaun Watson and how he'll be coached up by Stefanski. I mean, I, I think Kevin Stefanski, for me, the conversation about Kevin Stefanski is going to tell itself. It's, it's a story that's all that's going to write itself in the first four to five weeks. So to, to go back and forth about what he should do and you know all that, I get the relevance of it, but we'll see. All you need to know about Kevin Stefanski will be seen in the first four to five weeks of this upcoming season. We'll know all we need to know. But that being said, the relationship between him and and Deshaun moving forward, Kevin Stefanski got a got a bit of an issue, a twofold issue. One. He can't go into this situation thinking he's the smartest guy in the room. He has to listen to Deshaun. Deshaun said it himself. Me and Kevin Stefanski are going to get down, sit down like men and have a conversation. Kevin Stefanski, I would, I would tell you to please listen. Okay, with that being said, you also have a guy who is making generational money. Not only is he a generational talent in the conversation, he's making generational money. Okay, Kevin Stefanski has a problem sometimes, and you can tell this, and you can tell this by, I'm, and I don't know the guy, just outside looking in, this guy thinks he's smarter than he really is. I don't know. How do I know this? Well, when you can take a team in 2020 up to New Jersey to play the Jets or wherever, they, wherever their stadium is, and, and, and you have not one starting wide receiver, your, your, your wide receiver room has been decimated with COVID protocol, and you're running, you're running five wides, four wides, the first nine, ten plays of the game. This makes absolutely no sense. But that's who your coach is. He thinks that he's smarter than everybody else. 
But like I said, the, qu- the question isn't about Kevin Stefanski. The question ultimately will be is, why is the Browns still not making any headway and improvement in over 20-plus years? You talked about guys filling the room, uh, Ivy Leaguers filling the room. I shake my head at that because at the end of the day, this game is not about Ivy Leaguers. And I get there's a business of football. I get that part Ralph, of it. Well, we, we got to run real quick here, buddy, because we got the, the pulse coming up with Meredith. But okay, there's yes. a few things that you had said. One, I don't think Ivy League, they've had literally every manner of intelligence in that building, and they failed across two ownerships. But specific to the Stefanski thing, I think too many people are saying that those six games last year didn't matter. They do matter because they're going to inform us on on what the next 17 games with Deshaun and Kevin Stefanski look like. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 